Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, radio hotner. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry, my little uh, um, um, technical goodies. Radio hotner. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. G'day viewers and welcome to episode 34 of Radio Hot Lap, the show where we talk about motorsport, technology and gadgets and a bit of barbecue stuff. A bit of barbecue stuff indeed. Absolutely and uh, Johnny and I are actually here at the Maiden Magpie Hotel today. Uh, we needed to get out of uh, his place and he was sort of a bit inundated with work so uh, he needed an escape. So we bought the trusty iPod and it sat on the table between us. So we're sorry if there's a little bit of ambient noise in the background. Johnny, how are you? Mate, I'm good. I'm good. And it's good to be out where there's a bit of heating because the heating system had blown in the house. Like it didn't work in the... It, it didn't cool in the summer. It didn't heat in the winter. And so, you know, the dogs went to bed early and uh, we've come down to the maid. Can't call it the maiden magpie. I was told recently that you have now called the maid. So yeah, you've well, got to get that right. I heard it was called the maid too because Verity told me that as well. But I told her that I thought that might then get confused with the maid of Auckland on South Road, which has always been nicknamed the maid. <laughs> so now we've confused everybody. Absolutely. Mate, it's good to be out because I've had my head down, as you said, uh, um, for about a week since Linda was down and we did the last show and I just, um, you know, working all weekends, working late, cooking meals at home and... And I just, just wanted to get out. I need to get out and have a bit of a, uh, a bit of a restaurant here, and this is uh, very nice because it's a place where Verity looks after everybody, and right. um, and Tom Skipper's the manager of. Beautiful spot. It is a top spot, right down here on the corner of McGill Road and Paynham Road. Paynham Road, right on the very end of North Terrace here in Adelaide. Um, now, while we're on the subject of last week's show, uh, we do have to apologise for some of the audio quality. Johnny didn't quite get the levels right before we started. Well, I think we just had too much holiday and we'd forgotten how to do it. <laughs> well, that's probably a good point too. <laughs> and on that note, uh, we better have a beer. Yeah. What are you having, mate? Um, I'm just on a light tonight, actually. But I do have a bit of a beer story to tell, so you just carry on. That'd be viewers because he's been actually out for a very nice lunch at Chianti on Hutt Street. And uh, when I said, who have you been out for lunch with? And he was quiet for a moment and went, a client. Just a client. Just a client. Thank you very and much. And he's um, decided that we're going to have a bottle of the, the Duchy St. Jacoby Shiraz, which is um, it's cheap. Uh, at the same price of $58. Exactly the same price. Well, like, can you the you can't. And I hadn't had it before, and we tried it at lunch today, and I have to say it was deluxe. Well, lucky you're having lights, which means it'll be most for me, or does that mean you're having plenty of that? No, because I'm, having, I'm not having plenty of that because I had lunch time, so I'm just on the lights, and I'll probably have half a glass of that, and you'll demolish the rest of the bowl. Well, if you can't spend your money, what can you do with it? Well, this is true, you can't take it with you. <laughs> Am I going somewhere? <laughs> are you going anywhere? Now, I did say earlier about beers while we were on the beers subject. What I'm are you drinking? I'm having a Stella Artois. Hello, Ben. Oh, hello, guys. How are you? How is everyone this evening? Good. We're very well, thank you. No, no, no. no you're fine. No, 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 not at all. No, Ben right. is one of the uh, the excellent um, service personnel here at the Maid. Not the Maid Magpie, JP. No, not the, boy, the Maid. Viewers, you've got to come in. The uh, the meal's absolutely great. Well, I can't say enough good things about it. Please book if you're coming in for a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bedroom upstairs if you need it. Guys, <laughs> can I get you a bottle of wine at all? Absolutely, JP. Yes. Um, the, uh, where were we? Again? The Fitchkey St. Jacobi Chirac. Oh, oh, lovely choice. Just <laughs> piece of wine. Thank you. See, there you go. 
Ben is the expert. He is, and he obviously knows what he's talking about. Now, where were we? Well, we are talking about beer. And, uh, talking about beer. And beer's been in the news a bit in Adelaide in the last couple of days. Um, basically, because um, our old mate Glenn Cooper was in the paper on Tuesday. Was it Tuesday? No, it was yesterday. Um, Good old Glenn up at uh, Hamilton Island at the moment for the uh, National Sales Conference, or could be the international one as well. Well, it could well. they're doing so damn well overseas. They're doing well overseas, and they're doing exceptionally well with growth interstate. Now, somewhere in here, there's an article with Ben's... Uh, with Ben, now you've got me on Ben and not Glenn, the Glenn and Ben show, with Glenn's smiling face over some uh, bottles of Coopers, and they experienced a 31% growth Glad you've got your, uh, your markers there in the newspaper, just be able to pull up the uh, material straight well, away. Yeah, we're we'll just moving on to the very next story. Yeah, well, they have got a very good network in premium beverages around the country, only in South Australia and Northern Territory do they have Cooper's branded reps. And it's probably they're the thirstiest reps as well. Oh, well, certainly that gentleman that we met, um, Sean Gould, yes, the lovely bloke, is, was very uh, thirsty indeed. And I must say uh, thank you very much to um, Michael Bevan of the Northern Territory's Times, who's very kindly sent me down every copy of the newspaper, the Northern Territory newspaper, um, um, in the two weeks leading up to Clips, uh, not Clipsal, to uh, the uh, Hidden Valley Race, where they may, we managed to get the Cooper's car on the front cover right there. That, that was pretty good. And a big full page, I noticed. A well, big full page. Yep, it was very, very good. Excuse us for a second. Bit of ambience here, but you know, we thought we'd take you out for the night view. So actually, we were yeah. going to go to a nice quiet place in, in Norwood, but it was just impossible to find anywhere a nice place in Norwood. <laughs> <laughs> a, a nice place in Norwood. Yeah, like what we were for that Chin little Chinese restaurant that was just not being used, but of course it was. It is Thursday, and we've moved a, moved ahead a day. Uh, to do these things now on Thursday, not not Wednesdays. The key reason is it gives JP a little bit more time to prepare. And poor little Mitchie, who's got his soccer day, um, and so he needs a bit of. Are you he right, does. mate? Have you he actually? Does. No, got I haven't it? found it. Have you I got the right? Found it. Right, moving right along. Okay, okay, let's just get into a bit of motorsport. Okay. Okay. Well, I think you probably should. Well, a bit of interesting news. This is coming in from overseas. Um, the uh, the Nurburgring 1000 Le Mans series race, which at the very last minute uh, Jack the, the Hustler Ellswood did not go to for business commitments, and I must say that uh, I can't say I was too disappointed about getting on a plane and going over there for three days and coming back. The um, the second driver in the car was Bryce Washington, so it ended up being uh, Bryce Washington with Paul Daniels, and they actually did very well in the in in the race there. And but our old mate Alan Simonson, I just I don't know. I think he's had. It's his third Le Mans series race where he just hasn't had any luck. And again, alternator problems with the car. The first time it was a gear shifter in Turkey, yep. uh, in Istanbul, and then caught up in that big, uh, that big mess in Spa, Spa yep. with no fault of his own. And now alternator problems that saw him going in and out of the pits, and he, stayed, and he finished, but like you know, six laps down or something on uh, on the other guys in GT2. So that wasn't real good foul. But on the positive side, you know, in the same breath, he was all fairly chuffed. He's been invited to join the Scuderia Coast, the uh, top Ferrari GT2 team out of England, which won the British GT Championship last year, to join uh, Tim Mullen and Chris Neartros in the uh, in the uh, in the new car and uh, and um, for Spa 24 Hour. Oh, fantastic! So uh, that is a very very good team, which has won three out of the four races this year in in, in GT2 uh, in, um, in in England and. Uh, 
maybe I've got that wrong, but you know, basically you get the you it's get the, the top drift. team. It's the top team. <laughs> top team. It's the right <laughs> colour. It is. And uh, obviously, you know, he's the he's the number one peddler of the GT3 car, so the Ferrari 430. You know, I don't know where, where he's going with the fixing of those problems um, that we mentioned last week. Yep. Well, the week before, no, last week about uh, you know rim sizes and tyres and things like that. We had him on the on the show, but he's pretty chuffed about that. And um, he actually asked me to ask you, JP, whether you would like to uh, compete in the uh, the race with um, a uh, in a 2006 Viper. There's a spare seat uh, with four, right? four well-known Frenchmen. Yes. And uh, mate, uh, got 25,000 euros. Oh, only 25,000. Well, viewers, if you want to come, 25,000 euros, you get a drive in the uh, in the um, in the Viper, the, the Viper 2006 Viper in the Spa 24-hour race weekend after next. Send us an email to john at radiohotlap.com and we'll see what we can do for you. That's J-O-N. Anyway, that's that's all good news. Fantastic. That's a beautiful wine, Ben. I actually went out and bought myself and searched around and found a, a Grant Burge. Meshack. Meshack. I can't get it right. Did you? Yeah, I did. I found one the other day and I've got to take it up uh, next week to Sydney to Keithy George and give it to him. Uh-huh. There's a little... Uh, Yes, our friend Mr. Ellsgood's found one wine that he really, really likes. Give it a few hours to breathe. Is that right? I'll send it up early. Actually, can you decant that one? Can do. By the way, it's Mary. Oh, jeez. Boy. Well, he's not usually this difficult, Ben. No, it's good wine. We want to get those fancy things out. It just makes everyone look at them. All right, JP, we'll come back to a bit more motorsport news after you. Uh, tell us what's been going on your end. What's been going on my end? Well, have you found that thing about Glenn Cooper? No, I still haven't looked actually about that thing, Glenn Cooper. Um, and now I'm posting the wine. Is that alright? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we just thought we'd do the show in a different environment. Wonderful, thank you. Plug the old mate. I mean, I'll play a game of cards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you call her that? Oh, sorry. Have you got any news or do you want me to go on with someone? No, well... Ah, on new auto you, fiction. Ah, you've yeah. really been doing your research, viewers. Well, I know... I, I thought it was interesting because it's got the new VE Commodore uh, on the cover and it's the, oh, it's the first, first what I would consider to be the, uh, the first decent shot of the car. I mean, they've mocked it up in uh, HSV colours, but uh, just the plain red car is actually quite good looking. It'd be nice to see one in the, uh, in the flesh. And they've spelt your name wrong on the side again. Uh, unbelievable. But, but that's the way you keep out of being uh, tied up in two, two projects at the same time. But uh, they uh, apparently holding a really pin in their hopes on, uh, on this new car in terms of, in terms of the V8 championship. Um, they, they really, really want to get back on the, uh, on the Falcons. Um, and uh, they consider that it could well be a, you know, a Falcon beater. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see a when they get uh, a, a model up and running. Uh, apparently uh, HSV are developing uh, one at the moment and uh, we'll carry on from there and see what, what happens with it. When they release a new new model like the, the VE, they're really talking about a whole new platform, aren't they, that they're building upon because it will have VF and VG and V... Yes. V8 and I'm trying to come up with... with it's, a whole new mo- it's a whole new model. And, and so like the, the VT to VZ. Yeah, so it, it's all the underpinnings and stuff like that are completely different. It yes. definitely looks very quite European. And, um, you know, I think it, it's, got, it's got quite a long, long life. So when they sent, say they've spent a billion dollars, I believe, yes. um, as I saw on television in the news the other night, uh, that's the old-fashioned media delivery mechanism in the room where you don't have much choice about what comes on. Occasionally you watch it, but usually it's all <laughs> internet protocol-based communications we watch these days. 
But anyway, for those of you who are still watching TV, a um, billion dollars. A billion dollars indeed. Um, the interesting thing from a, uh, from a V8 supercar perspective is that it's still got to adhere to Project Blueprint. Um, and I understand from uh, what I've read that um, there are a few issues about the wheelbase on the car being too long to fit Project Blueprint specification. Um, so it would appear that there's going to need some uh, uh, relocation of suspension components in order to comply with that. So it's going to be very interesting to see the development of that car. When does it go on sale, mate? When did the public get to actually see it? The, the, well, um, it was officially launched on uh, Holden's website last Sunday um, and it goes on sale to the public, I think, the first or second week in August. Uh, the end of the first week in August, I believe. Give us a look at it. Can't quite see it. It really did, I mean, when, the, when you start to put race car sort of livery on it, you do tend to sort of lose some of the lines on it. And yep. I thought that the shots at the other day, it, 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 it had combinations of Audi and BMW. But it's definitely got a lot of nice things. I do like the side profile, I must say. It's, uh, Don't you reckon the, the amount of glass is getting smaller in the yes, cars? It's funny days? how um, we went through that era where a big glass house was all the rage to make, you feel, make it feel roomier and uh, you felt like... I don't know, there was just a lot more air around you when you were inside the car and the trend nowadays seems to be that the bodies are becoming more slab-sided again and the, and the glass house is getting smaller. The glass house is getting smaller, that's right. And uh, what's next? What's next? Well, I thought that um, we should probably uh, talk a little bit about, uh, about drifting, in fact. Because, why um, not? I was reading a very interesting article in uh, Motor Magazine, this month's Motor Magazine, uh, the August 2006 uh, edition, one with the supposedly next Monaro, well at least the underpinnings of the car are going to be the next Monaro, um, on the cover. And um, they were covering the Ford uh, Drift Special, the, the uh, F6 Typhoon uh, turbo six-cylinder drift car. Yep, that's the car that came out of ProDrive that uh, Mick Pinder had been working on doing the CAD stuff for. That's right, that's, that's the very same one. And, uh, and Ford are very, very serious about pursuing that market. Uh, they apparently think that uh, there's a gap in their demographic. The, the young kids are all driving predominantly Japanese cars. Drifting is all centred around Japanese cars. However, um, the V8 just don't cut it in that market, but a six-cylinder turbo certainly does cut it in that market, and they've set the car up to do well at drifts, and so far it would appear that they're going pretty well. They're, I believe um, there was a meeting back about a month and a half, yeah, just over a month and a half ago at Malala in South Australia, which was a round of the uh, Toyo Tyres Australian Drift Championship, and there was supposedly around 5,000 people out there. Well, that is a very, very good figure, and very similar to the, uh, the, the, the figures that I saw last year when I went out there, um, which is really pretty much my first, I think the first time I've ever seen drifting in, in my life, and um, Rob Kirkpatrick had, had invited me out there, who was yep. the media manager for Malala Motorsport Park, and it was a, it was a bit of a, <clears throat> a breath of fresh air. I don't think we got as much uh, for the... Um, the HPDC round, as they called it last year, and the V8 Utah a couple of weeks later or a couple of weeks before, I can't quite remember. Although I think it would have been better to have run the run the Utes uh, <laughs> a, a week later to get the little bit of rubber built up there on turn well, one and turn two. Would have, uh, would have helped a lot, yeah. But uh, no, the, uh, the 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 Ford is going particularly well. I think they came about sixth at that meeting. 
and uh, and they've got high hopes. Um, and the whole series actually looks very very interesting. Um, Wayne Boatwright's uh, in charge, um, sort of a category manager, and it's now all officially uh, sanctioned by CAMS. Um, and you know all the all the uh, officialdom is on board, and the rules are all in place, and they're very very strict by all accounts. It is just starting to look pretty sharp and shiny. The sport, uh, you know, a year ago I really thought it, I didn't really know where it was going, and, and, and uh, you know the, the subculture was a bit unusual. But uh, just got off a 45-minute phone call with uh, Wayne Boatwright just this evening as you walked in the door um, about you know new media technology and how it can be used to uh, extend the, the the emerging brand of Drift Australia and the sport itself. And um, you know I, I, I'm well aware of. Of, of Wayne's um, well, Wayne expertise, GTP. Yeah, that's right. Yes, and, I remember uh, seeing him in GTP. Yeah, yeah. And for those uh, viewers that um, would not know him, you, you would probably remember him from his involvement with the two-car uh, WRX STI Pro Technica team, with uh, Justin Hammerson. He ended up uh, having a real nasty off there, coming in through the parklands, back into the parklands oh, there. Um, two or three clips ago, and, and he did did a well, did all right in GTP, but. Uh, you know, like a uh, guy come out of recruitment. And funnily enough, yeah. it's a bit of a small world, really, isn't it? Because he, he had some involvement with our old mate Steve Rust and Stevie Vamos, who, <laughs> who had both been the, C, the, the, the CEOs of Apple Australia. They both have. And, um, and used to see Steve had Rust fairly well. Yeah, and, and, and Vamos had uh, managed to sneak some money out of Vamos <laughs> to do a, a, a project out on Lord Howe Island. Uh, said, I'm not in the habit of giving the money, but just, yeah, I'm new, girl, go away. <laughs> Take this and run. Yeah, good old Stevie Vamos, yeah. So um, it's been interesting. I'm, I'm actually sort of, I, I don't know, I, I, I'm looking at Drift because I think it's got some business potential. Um, oh. and, and I went out last weekend actually uh, with a uh, friend Rachel and um, another friend of hers, George, who usually races um, in their oh, nice little RX-8 and had a bit of a look around. It was absolutely icy and Robert organised a couple of tickets for us and had a little bit of a chat about stuff. In fact, we actually even chatted about podcasting. So, uh, viewers, or those of you who are interested in Drift, it looks like um, podcasting, audio and maybe some video podcasting could be coming near you. And I think that's probably an excellent idea given, the, given that the, uh, the audience for drifting is predominantly young people and obviously sports looking into that market with, with this uh, FPV Typhoon and um, let's face it, it, it's the youngsters that are out there are the big adopters of the iPod and all that sort of technology. So well they uh, are the big adopters. could be very, very successful. They are indeed big adopters but we can't give away any specific demographics but just in the last couple of days Apple's announced some of their, their Q3 results and oh, they are... Tech now. Well, it's a flow-on. It is a flow-on. What is it? We might flow back again in a minute. You've got that word. It's a nice segway. Segway. Like one of those things that sort of you lean forward and they move like those scooters that you can't register. But yeah. um, (laughs) In the last quarter, quarter three for Apple, now I must point out that Apple do everything differently and that's why they are different. Uh, Not harking back to their ads of uh, eight, nine years ago, the Think Different ads. But they, their quarters, their, their financial year finishes September 30, not yes. June 30. Just a massive one around. I suppose it plays havoc with someone, some of the people at Golden Sachs, but nonetheless, mm. they got, they're probably just counting. No, I believe it's US financial year as opposed to our own Oh, OK, year. well, there you go. But in the last quarter, Apple sold 1.32 million desktops, of which 75% were the new Intel-based desktops. That just does that just pales into insignificance against the number of iPods, JP, with a number of 
iPod. 8.11 million iPod. 8.11 million, very well read. Now that, in, that is a uh, increase of 42% on the last year on year. Qu- year on year on the last yep. quarter, that's right. And say 12, 12% for the desktop machine. Now considering that, that, that there are no in the professional space, they have not yet released no, the Intel G5. processors, and I can't remember the damn code names that they came out for them, Yona or something like this. Yes. But very shortly, with the Worldwide Developer Conference coming up in uh, San Francisco now, having August moved up from the... Uh, or thereabouts. Exactly, that's right, yeah, yep. up in Moscone Centre. Moved up, it's obviously got too big for the San Jose Convention Centre. They yep. can't get the ice statues in there, as well <laughs> as the very large developers. But uh, moving up there, that's uh, what they're going to be um, announcing, I'd imagine, the new well, Intel-based desktop machines and thereafter at the same time they expect 75% of the applications to be repro- to be um, fat, not fat binary but uh, universal binary and they're working for so that, that they will work on the intels and apparently they're overjoyed at the take up rate of the intels it's exceeded their expectations that is right. And um, but not that there was much to choose from in the well, consumer true. space. Who was, what, is, what were they going to buy? Mm. I mean, in the pro space, well, you would buy G5s, what are topping out at 2.7 twins water cools. Yep. Um, but in the consumer space, well, what, do you got, what have you got to do? What have you got to do? Well, you've only got uh, iMacs and MacBook Pros, and they're all Intel. But they've been very successful. But no 17-inch MacBook Pro, is there? Yes, there is now. Oh, there is a 17-inch MacBook Pro. Yes. But it's Intel-based. Yes. Okay. But the Adobe applications like Photoshop and, and Dreamweaver and web web tools and things like that. about February next year. Still, still Adobe is the thorn in Apple's side from that perspective. And while we're on the Worldwide Developer Conference and iPods, um, there's also speculation I've been reading in some of the uh, rumour uh, files that because of the WWDC, the Worldwide Developer Conference, um, there could be a new model of uh, iPod announced, uh, which some some analysts are tipping as a uh, as a nano replacement with video. Um, and then towards the in, in Apple's new quarter after September, in the run up to Christmas, they're tipping a new video iPod as well. Back in aluminium cases, <coughs> moving away from polycarbonate, from all the people who have been whinging and moaning about scratching. About scratching. And, but that was in, uh, the, the interesting scenario on that is the speculation is right because of this move towards video whether or not Steve Jobs is going to announce a deal with the movie um, movie, movie rental I heard that there was a possibly going to be the announcing movie and, rental and they reckon the way that they'll do that is that there will be a codex written into the movie that you can download it and it will stay on your iPod for say three or four days and then self-destruct Ah, expirable content, they call That's it. That's right. So the current QuickTime architecture does allow you to create expirable content. You can build a, a QuickTime movie that you can give to someone and it will expire. Right. Currently. So on that basis, that could be a fairly uh, good prediction. Well, I think it's time for dinner, and here comes the lovely Ben. <laughs> ah, indeed. Lovely. Uh, <laughs> I'll have the wine. Please, 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 please
I'm going to, mate, I would love to have the Gawler River Spatchpot, the Cockerbowl, oven roasted with shallots, speck mushrooms, thyme red wine, and truffled mashed potato. Lovely choice. Oh, I will. It is quite good. And uh, I'm going to go for the uh, hearty chicken and vegetable pie with uh, creamy mashed potato, wild rocket, and caramelised onion. Thank you. Very good. Very good. A lovely selection, gentlemen. Would you like to decide to do our season of green for our housemate bread to come out first? Make our bread fresh every day? Well, I've, I've been out for lunch, so I don't think so. I think, I think that pie is I think be, that we uh, will be fair. on the side of No worries, thanks. Do with a little bit of salad something or other, but we can mark it. You can steal my rocket. We do a pear parmesan with nothing to cheese salad. No, thank you. No. <laughs> <laughs> now, where were we? Oh, we were talking iPod. Now, Johnny, I, I sent you a link today. And I've got to send the viewers to the same Can link. Can you chuck that over there, Chaser? Certainly. Got to send all the viewers to this same link. This is the link to the ten oddest iPod accessories. Well, are you going to do five, and I'll do five? Yeah, I'll do five. I'll, well, do we have to do all of them, or will we just send the viewers there and just give them the highlights? I give think we should me, just give, give them the highlights. Give them. All right. Well, you, you you flick through there, and I'll just tell the viewers how to get there. If you go to businessweek.com, you'll see on the uh, on the lead page of businessweek.com. Well, we tell them they won't need to go there, will they? A thing called slideshows, just in the top right-hand corner. Oh, this is my one. Once you get to the slideshow page, if you scroll to the bottom of the list to technology products, you can then find the link to the ten oddest iPod accessories, which is about the third or fourth uh, listing down. And there are some absolute oh, beauties. Oh, mate, there's three for you. Well, I know. Oh, you've started. All right, I don't want to take you I think that's the one that's got to go on the website as for today's episode. Oh, well, then it's only fair that you bring it up. Okay. Come on. Well, the wackiest one of the lot, as far as I'm concerned, is known as the Powder Room Player. And it's a stereo dot for your iPod with what the Yanks call a bare tissue holder, otherwise known as a toilet roll holder to you and me. <laughs> and what it is, is it's, a, it's a very uh, shiny white plastic looking device that sits on the wall in the, uh, in the bathroom and holds your toilet roll and it's got speakers built into the ends of the, the, the bit that actually holds the roll and a flat top with a dock for your iPod to sit in so that you can have music while you sit on the bog. I just, I reckon that will be, it won't be long before that will be in five and six star hotels. Well, it's a very good point actually. It could, ver- could very well go that way. Um, it's available from July 21, so uh, what's the date today? Uh, the 20th, so it'll be available tomorrow if you're in the US. Now you've got a little beauty over there. This is called Belted. It's the iPod Nano Belt. This the tune buckle encases your Nano in aircraft quality aluminium. The makers say you can carry the Nano to the grocery store, the club, the blah 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 blah. This is going to be perfect for James Brock. No longer will he have to drive around with the speakers blaring with the increasingly loud pacemaker headers on his race car. He will now be able to plug in and really enjoy it whilst being belted to him. Plus, it's good for dogs. It is good for dogs. <laughs> now there's a nice looking wallet here for your Nano and we now all know how thin the Nano is and how it can fit in your pocket well somebody's designed the CEO card wallet for iPod 
it'll take your money and your iPod all in one very luxurious looking leather wallet. So uh, iPod add-on you can take to the bank. Very nice and you'll need to take it to the bank for the price of it. Have a go at that. Anyway, don't tell the viewers how much it is, but let me tell you viewers, you'll be lucky if you can afford it, unless your name is Paris Hilton. And if it was, you'd need the Play and Go iPod shoulder bag. <laughs> That's Paris getting up and leaving. <laughs> and in fact, here it is. It's it's just a, it's a classic Paris Hilton bag. It is with a, bag. with a little speaker and a thing on the side. And we'll actually be meeting up with Paris in a couple of weeks' time. You will be. And, and, and absolutely, Joshy's place. We're going out and hang yes. out with Paris. Uh, we're, not, we're, not, well, we're not doing like club stuff with her. We're just like we're doing hanging out stuff. It's a regular thing. Anyway, you're not shooting we'll video, so that's okay. <laughs> and <laughs> not that we're putting up. <laughs> and oh. I think that my, we'll make this the last one, but I've got to I've got to mention this one. It's they call it big in Japan, and it's the bulletproof iPod case. I thought there was no crime in Japan. The but the maker built this aluminium case to stand what may be the ultimate test of an iPod's craftsmanship an overcrowded Japanese commuter train. Commuter train? A commuter train. Oh. <laughs> and I've got to tell you, it looks like it's been turned out of a solid block of dural aluminium and it's, it's thickened the size of the iPod by at least probably 10 mil in every direction and you wouldn't... Oh, talking of dropping, you wouldn't want to drop it on your foot because you'd break your toes. Thank you, Brody. Perfectly on cue there. <laughs> Perfect, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the marvels of the marvels of media when you don't expect it. And so um, there we go. That's and, all the um, iPod news. And the final thing is the iPod Nano G string. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about this. This is a bit of a worry. What is this? Shows up its slick design into a leather thong. It's very leather thong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, but yeah, where's that coming out? Your iPod in? No, I don't coming out of San Francisco. Yeah, well, that it would be, wouldn't it? It's a thong thong. There you go. Right. Okay. Moving yeah. right on back to motorsport. Yes. You know, there I was last night. Actually, there I was yesterday afternoon working. I'm doing putting the final touches on Marcus Sakanovic's new website, marcussakanovic.com. Which looks very nice, I might add, viewers. But we can't say anything about how it was built. It's a no. new technology and um, uh, using the uh, Ajax technology, in fact. Yes, it is. Asynchronous Java and XML, or dynamic HTML, or those who, uh, what it used to be called. Uh, quite cool. And very cool. Um, everything generated on the fly. Um, and. Um, it's funny, I've been having these, these weird things, like I type in Marcus and then, like, he rings on the phone. <laughs> he rings and I'm like, just, I've just sent you money. I, well, I like him when he does that. I like him anyway. But, uh, but you like him better when he sends you money. I like him better when he sends money. Yep, and, uh, and, and, and even more so when Dad approves the money to be sent as well. I'm not ah, coming over in a paper I've bag. I forgot about the Dad approval. But boy, has he been doing some winning? Because yes, I think we might have has. touched on that. He did one on the trifecta there at Eastern Crepe. Uh, yep. No, Malala. And I saw that on TV the other day and actually downloaded it. It was very, very good. Can't say from where, but we've got it. And a brilliant. A really, really good driving. And he's, um, he's got a bit of... A, he's, a, a, one of his rivals, uh, Christian de Gossen, who's, who's had been... just lo lost the championship lead to Marcus. He's only very slim there. He, he's 
getting a bit getting a bit shirty about it. Right. Well, that's okay. You know, there's nothing, health, there's well, nothing hey, unhealthy about trackside that rivalry. Just make him go faster, so that's good. But there's no substitute yeah. for spending time in race cars, and also when you're winning, you, you've got that sort of intangible. Is there an intangible yep. sort of value of of there being on the fly and keeping on going? And so then he's gone up to Darwin and he's come up with a podium there to, in, to, to consolidate his position in the championship, just yep. moving a few points away from uh, from Jack Elsgood in the Cooper's card. Doesn't mean that Jack won't be able to catch him or Brad Johnson's uh, in third place behind that. All very tight indeed. So then the following weekend, going back down to Eastern Creek, you know, from high temperature to low temperature, got a cold. Two out of three races. Yep. Um, and just like just 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 gapped him to to do Fantastic. that. Fantastic. And I just there he Great is. Run. Last night I go. I've had enough. I'm working on Marcus all day. Been on the phone. I'm getting up. I'm going to go make a meal. This is why I'm out tonight, views, because I need to get out. Cooked up a little little schnitty. Yep. Sat down there. Turned the TV on. Hey, it's time for a Commodore Cup. Oh, <laughs> and, no. he, and there it was. There he was. The Z-Man. <laughs> <laughs> With Wayne Onger telling him about that, telling everyone about the the, the the ride he's about to do from from um, LA to, to the Sturgis Festival, the big Harley yeah. Festival, mate. That's going to be good. And if you go to his new website, you will find you can download his a Google Earth file, a .kmz file that you can then yep. open in Google Earth, and you you can follow his route, take you on the trip through to uh, on Marcus's tour from LA to Sturgis. Absolutely, we'll brilliant. Show him, what show a great him, idea. Show him the route exactly. Yep. Also, show him how he's driving. <laughs> well, I've heard he likes a good route in the US. Can I say that? You can. Um, now, one bit of very, very interesting news that I was very, very pleased to hear. Um, Classic Adelaide is doubling up. It's under camp sanctioning as well, now. Yep, it's under camp sanctioning, which I think we discussed to some degree last week, but more importantly, it's doubling up. Now, when I say it's doubling up, I don't mean we're going to have two classic Adelaides. I mean that there is now going to be what's known as the Suncoast Classic. And the Suncoast Classic is going to run up in Queensland. It's going to be based in Noosa. The first event will be next year from July, I think it's about the 4th to the 8th. Um, Apparently, uh, Silverstone Events, the people who organise Classic Adelaide, have been liaising with local councils in Queensland for the last three years, up in that area. And, as you know, uh, Laney and I love going to Queensland, and Noosa's one of our favourite spots, so better book a hotel really quickly. So it's like, it's like a, a reciprocating event. It is. It's a bit like uh, Mount Fuller's got uh, Pikes Peak. Um, yep. This has got... Uh, it, and, of course, viewers, it's yet another tarmac rally. So, um, you know, tarmac rallying really, really is taking off. And with events like this, apparently um, they've already got the nod from people like Murray Walker, uh, Sir Jack Brabham. Uh, the, the people who traditionally come to Classic Adelaide have already given the nod to be there next year. And there was uh, one, Mr. Jack Brabham. One, one Mr P Brock had yep. actually bothered to get up and, uh, and, and go on about that wow. after um, having some fun over here yes. at Classic Adelaide last year, saying... Well, I uh, could be tempted to to sort of uh, do a little bit more of that, and mm -hmm. um, he certainly had a a, a a ball in the Daytona down there at Target Tag. Target, yeah. And I think that I guess it's a, a whole other renaissance coming out. And Linda, our our very own Linda Long, yep. the, the Rally Art Mitsubishi co-driver with Warwick Brooklyn, 
is um, has been doing some logistical work for for Rallyar, and they're very pleased with her work and talking to, to Gary Connolly at ARC about what's going on, and all very positive stuff. Mitsubishi right. yet again are running. Ads are they running them again in this week's auto fiction? No, I haven't noticed, but uh, they could well about, be. About uh, really asserting their position in uh, in um, no in rallying. In rallying. Yep. Well, that's another thing for later on. Oh, it is. Um, we can't tell you, viewers, until the, later on. The interesting thing with the with the Linda and Warwick scenario and and the tarmac rallying is how many tarmac rallies will they be given permission to do next year as opposed to the limited number they were doing this year. Um, hopefully they can get some more budget and hopefully they can compete in things like the uh, um, the Suncoast Classic and uh, Classic Adelaide and everything else next year. So we're learning a little bit more about what went on with the uh, Montoya uh, oh, yes. disappearance and really it is quite an amicable arrangement um, that you know, the press reported that everything's all gone pear-shaped, you know, they flicked him out of the team. He hadn't been flicked out of the team, he'd gone, he had made his own decision, they stood by that, he's got a lot of things going on in his life. Um, the McLaren still have the complete contractual require, uh, you know, holding Well, there's over a rumour that he's actually even maybe returning to yeah, McLaren towards the end of the season. That, that's right, and they said if we want him in the race car, he will be there, he will smile. It is not just for the, you know, it's the cult proper calendar year, it's not just the race year. I mean, it, it's bigger than a, a driver's contract when they're this well-paid, or rather the most well-paid of all the employees probably within the organisation, save the save the, uh, the directors themselves, I mean, it, it goes way beyond the driving in the car. Like I've said viewers many times before, what do drivers do most? Not win and not drive race cars. So therefore they must be brand ambassadors outside the car. Quite what true. do you know about that? About Montoya? Um, well, I, I just basically heard, that, as I said earlier, that, uh, that it's, not a, uh, it's not all over and done. Um, and uh, Pedro De La Rosa has, uh, has got the fill-in drive. Oh, you did all right. development driver. Um, so and uh, do you watch the French race the other day? That's not in uh, concrete either. And I did watch the French race. And interestingly enough, um, somebody pointed out to me um, a couple of days ago that uh, the French race was actually the 100th uh, birthday of the Grand Prix because the first French Grand Prix took place in 1906. Um, in fact, this very weekend, it was actually, uh, no, sorry, it was back in June, but this, uh, obviously, the, the French Grand Prix last weekend was July, but uh, it's, it's literally the Grand Prix's 100th birthday. I thought that was interesting. Didn't make it an inch of uh, newspaper in the uh, Adelaide rag. No, it did not. You're quite correct. Uh, considering the... Uh, 12 years that the Grand Prix was here from 85 through to 96. 11 inclusive. 86, 96 inclusive. It was actually 11 years. Uh, no, that was started in 85. Oh, sorry, 85 to 96, 11 years. 12 years. No, it was 11. Well, I don't know, viewers. I don't know if I can anyway, like, Moving right along. Inclusively, it was 11. Okay. All up, we had 11. 11 got 11 Grand shirts. Free. That's right. <laughs> Eleven posters. Oh, you still got that shirt with a river dirty on the back. <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't. Finally, <laughs> had to go to the rag bag. <laughs> right. Moving right along. What's next? Um, Have you won? Have you tried it? You know, I like yes. it, but it's a little. Uh, it's, um, what are you going to whinge about? I'm not whinging about anything. It doesn't have enough body. 
It does. Uh, well, aftertaste then. Mm, I wouldn't say oh, that. Yeah, you, you need to wait till you've got something to eat to go with it. Oh, I think. I'll, I'll get oh, another. Instead of just sculling away, you like as you do. Hello, Verity. How are you? Oh, Verity's over. Well, come over and say hello to the viewers. Yeah. For hello, two Jason. two weeks in a row, you can talk two to the weeks viewers. In a row. Absolutely. I'm very well, thank you. Welcome to the Maiden Magpie. Oh, she wasn't thank on you. the show last week. Can we call week? it the Maiden Magpie? We just supposed to call it the Maid. So we were we were fixing in up over there before. We were. And here we are again, drinking more red wine. I don't Fancy that, viewers. We can't let it out. I don't know how they do it. You've got a quite a nice one here tonight. Absolutely. Are you going to come and join us a little bit later? Well, I probably can, because I'll probably see you down very shortly. I'm probably having my own dinner. Oh, that'll be nice. Lovely. Whilst your pie's cooking the job. Oh, my pie's cooking. Am I holding a pie, am I? Or having a pie? Oh, dear. Oh, well, that's okay. Well, that's pretty good to hear. We do everything correctly here at the maze. Good. Viewers, you must come down here and have one. And in the meantime, already... Do you think I could have another Stella Rotoir? Of course you could have another Stella, John. I shall get that for you immediately. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be making wonderful. a call to your northern uh, boyfriend and seeing when he can make it down. <laughs> yes, there it is. He's got the hots for Jack Ellsworth. Oh, <laughs> not another a- one. Oh, she's got those for another guy. <laughs> no, I mean another one who's got the hots for Jack Hill's good. No, you know, no, no, but Jack's green. been on the phone. Jack's a <laughs> no, no, I don't think you should go there. Right. Anyway, um, they're all sorting out. Weekend before last, Tommyland, Goodwood Festival at Speed. Oh, it's good. When are we going to get there? It's getting it, bigger and bigger. You know, my tell you, it's one of the things we haven't ticked the box on. When it's I was wrong. over there, and this brings, this will lead on to BIMP. Remind me about BIMP. Oh, um, when I was over a few weeks back and I was talking to my uh, sister and brother-in-law, would you believe it, they actually went to the very first... Thank you, John. Thank you, Verity. To the very first Goodwood Festival of Speed. They actually, where, where they live is... Well, because I went to Goodwood and sent those photos back when I was over there five, six years ago. Um, and Goodwood's actually only about, I don't know, 35 minutes from where they live in Hampshire. And uh, they said the first year was terrific but it was very underdone which was effectively your comment about BIMP this year um, but you know but I thought BIMP did very well from where they started they had, they had yeah. no frame of reference and the, the only thing they really needed was to get the work spread out through there and, exa- and that's basically the way that the Goodwood Festival of Speed has grown ever since that very first one and uh, now it is just such a major event in the world of motorsport and like every man and his dog is there it's not quite the same sort of setting though is it that's the problem it's like we don't have Lord Bathurst no, we don't have Lord Bathurst. You're quite right. And it's not, it's not very picnic conducive. No. It's a and bit of a dusty old bloody mountain, really, <laughs> isn't it? Especially in the middle of summer. Whereas, um, well, it's, it's uh, the had such great weather, I mean, jeez. And the roll-up this year is just amazing. There's a great shot in auto fiction with um, uh, Jackie Stewart, um, Mr. NASCAR himself. Uh, uh, that'll be, uh, oh, not Dale Earnhardt. Uh, not so, Dale. Can't be Dale Earnhardt. No. Come on. Uh, I, I know his name. He's, he's got the bones and the... Oh, damn, I can't remember it. Damn, you can't remember it. Uh, Kyle Petty. Richard Petty. Richard Petty, That's indeed. Right. Well done. Yes. And there's a great shot of... Knew it wasn't going to be Dale Earnhardt. Jackie Stewart. Sterling Moss and Richard Petty having a chat, and it's just. And then there's another shot of Alan Jones. 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, there's stuff happening everywhere. Petco's giving a go in the, in the Subaru. Apparently, they've got a new dirt area. And uh, so, no, I reckon it would have been a fantastic event. And yes, you're quite right. One year, we must go. So Jack's giving it a fang in the old Cooper. So, uh, fantastic event. I did see some photos on Autosport of Lord Marsh on the back of a two-seater 500cc Grand Prix bike being wheel-stood with Randy Mamler at the controls. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's obviously pretty... Uh, but well, <laughs> he's definitely a speed freak. I mean, yeah, I know about that. Boy, you're just... How just old is Lord Marsh? Stuff. I wouldn't have a clue. Well, take a guess. I'd say probably be in his mid-fifties or something. He sounds like he's been around forever. Or maybe there have always been Lord Marshes and they're just Lord yeah, Marshes. Yeah, seven. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's basically the way it works. I liked that. You know, the other day, I went to... I had to go and book a flight from LA to, to Atlanta and back. And I thought, well, I'll get Delta. Do you reckon you could... Why are you going to Atlanta? Well, I'm going to Atlanta for a wedding. A wedding? Anyone a... we know? No. No. <laughs> we don't. So it's not international poorly. He's a very cool bloke who reckons a lot of things are funny. That's right. <laughs> funny and cool. He's, he's cool and funny. Right. And anyway. uh, yes, uh, I'm going over there for the, for the wedding. And um, so I thought, well, how are we going to... I'll just book a flight. Yep. So I went in went the whole, all the way through and blah, blah, blah. And yep, You're doing all this on the web. Yeah. Right. On delta.com. Yep. And then I come down to finalise it and it goes, yep, yep, Amex, blah, 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 number. Where, which address? Well, the pull down... It's got Austria, Belgium, Germany, UK, US, blah, 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 but no Australia. Right. And I go, what's the story with that? Anyway, and what is the story? The story is you, 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 cannot, you cannot book you online. You cannot book online at, at um, on, on Delta.com. Delta. Thank you. Good luck. That's beautiful. It is. That's been talking awesome. straight. Oh, that's hot. Oh, super. Lovely. I'll be back to some cracks, Thank you. Thank you. Well, we might uh, call a whole proceedings while we stuff our places. Anyway, what I want to say was that I had to get Paulie to right. organise the ticket. So he, in so England, he use in England, the he or UK pull down. Exactly. But he had to use my address for the card. But he rang the office in the UK. You're in the office in the UK to get the Delta ticket organised. Thanks, Ben. And um, the problem... No, well, they organised the ticket. Ma'am? Yeah, absolutely. And he says to me... Uh, Beautiful, thank you. Thanks, buddy. Enjoy. Um, and he says to me, I've organised the ticket. And I went, well, I, haven't got a, I haven't got an email through confirmation. Oh, but it should be through in a seat. Here's the booking reference on it. So I ring the... I've nothing in the morning. So I ring the booking reference, bring the, the Delta office in Sydney with the booking reference number, and there's just like, hello, and I go, oh, okay, I'm not American. It's obviously yep. the one three hundred numbers cooked back, got back to America, but it's not. It's some girl in Spring Street in Sydney who just happens to have an American voice and <coughs> work in the Delta office. And I went, look, this is what's happened. And she went, oh yeah, I can see it, John. Blah 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 blah. blah. Yep, it's been. Oh, but we, we haven't ticketed it. And I said, well, well what's the story? He goes, well, we we really don't know. And I said, <coughs> we well, really what's the know. problem? I said, well, there's no problem, but we can't tell. I said, well, can I just get an email? Oh, well, it was being booked out of the British office. Yeah. I went, it's, 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 a, it's a paper ticket. I said, hello, I'm in Sydney, he's in England, he's going to Atlanta, I'm going to LA, then I'm going to Atlanta. Why would he do a paper ticket? That's the whole reason why we didn't do it previously, because we needed an e-ticket. Oh, it's sort of got to be a paper ticket. I said, well, can you change it? 
there's nothing I can do to help you. So now you're going to have to go to the counter in LA, it's pick up a ticket. Paul sorted it out, but my point is that straight away I was getting this, the, the standard, oh, I'm sorry, sir, there's nothing I can do to help you. It's typical American, like, I can't help you attitude. As it turned out, they were wrong. And I said, well, what the hell does the Delta office do here in Australia? Oh, well, we issue tickets. So, so then reissue the ticket as an e-ticket. We can't. Why not? It's not a refundable ticket. So issue another one. We yeah. can't. We can't have two in the same name on the same flight. It's just like... Hello Delta, if you're listening, it's time to shut the doors. <laughs> Maybe sooner rather than later. Oh, look, I'm having my hock of all and we'll be back in a moment, viewers. Absolutely. Well, that was a deluxe meal. How was your spatchcock? Well, it's, yeah, look, have a look at the plate. Well, it's, I guess it's been demolished. Uh, there's only a few bones left, viewers. Oh, viewers, I tell you, it slowed me down. Slow, well, you were getting a bit slow towards the end there, Johnny. What, towards the end of the meal? Yes. Oh, it was a good meal, viewers. Well, my pie and how was, was your pie, Jake? Thank excellent. you for asking. Although, I must admit, I did uh, push some of the caramelised onions to one side. I thought they were a little bit overpowering. And there was probably double the amount of rocket I, oh, I really needed, but uh, very, very nice. Which was double zero? No, I did eat some, but only, I just like a little bit of flavour. I don't like, uh, you know, things that overpower. So there you go. Anyway. Now, while we were eating, I found that article about Coopers. You did? You've I done did. a bit of, uh, you've done a bit of, um, and digging I was, around? I was stupidly looking in the wine and food area of the paper, and it was actually in the business section. So, there you go. Gentlemen, may I take your plates away? Thank you, ben. may indeed, Ben. Make sure everything. that you come down and ask for Ben and Verity to look after your boy. Tell the chef not to get upset, but the caramelised onion was a little overpowering. A little overpowering? Yeah, so they're, I had they're to big on flavours in that kitchen. Yep. It's like the mushrooms Thank I found you. the week before with the Murrayland steak that John Street would have provided, and it was very different. Oh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah, where were we? Oh, back to Cooper's. Yes, yes, yes. There's a, there's a lovely photo in uh, Wednesday's advertising. Oh, a lovely here. photo. Can you say Glenn's lovely? Well, no. There's no, Glenn no, and his devilish Glenn's best. lovely, but it's but a really lovely is, photo of Glenn. It shows Glenn off to a T with it. You ha- if you see the, see the shot, viewers, in the uh, page... Page 46. 46 of today, that is Wednesday. No, of Wednesday. Oh, I guess Wednesday the 19th. Um, newspaper, you will be able to see Glenn there in his devilish vest, and I can tell you that that photo is cropped. He's got a beer in his hand, and at the top there will be a clock saying five to ten a.m. <laughs> and um, there's an interesting uh, aside to the whole story about the fact. That, uh, yes, they they are up by 13.6 percent sales, um, and uh, the interstate sales definitely were the big improvers. But but Glenn's theory on the whole thing is that the um, the publicity they got from the attempted Lion Nathan takeover actually helped them out. Oh, look, absolutely. Absolutely. And, like, you know, I, I think that. You know what they say about the press? It doesn't matter whether it's good or bad as long as you're getting them. You only, exactly. you only worry when you stop getting them. And, and were, I think. They were getting put. And, and I have mates that, you know, over in Sydney that are. Oh, yeah, like, geez, oh, so that's it, that's it, isn't it? Well, actually, no, because, you know, they were owned by Kieran and it's Japanese. Oh, Japanese. Mm. So I like, I like. So. No, that's good. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I like to think that uh, maybe Radio Hot Laps contributed to their success as well. 
I mean, we don't give them a lot of plugs, but we do often drink Coopers on the show, and you know, we're, um, and Glenn's a nice guy. It's important to point out at this point, at this point, to point out at this point that we don't get paid by Coopers. No, we don't. Absolutely I get not. paid by Coopers to do PR and branding for the race team, the V8 Utes, and whatever, and and Alan Thompson, whatever Coopers yep. does around the world in the world in the area of motorsport, but and my ideas. And no yep. one tells me what to do on that on that nature, but um, we don't have a say in what goes on with the beers. And we might get a case of beers, you know, by Glenn. But Glenn's not saying to us, "Can you say something nice?" No, that's just purely one hundred percent bat. He's a good bloke. Exactly. He scratches our back, and we like the beer. We scratches. And you should drink some beers. And it's a very South Australian product. And I'll tell you now, viewers, that I'm not a South Australian. Again, anytime. And um, true, you know, I'm starting to think that I might might have finished my. My, my stint down here, JP, yep. as um, coming up to four years in September. Is it four years already? Since I chucked that Six. cake in your face. <laughs> that was my We face. haven't told the viewers about that, have it we? Wasn't my, wasn't it wasn't my face. Uh, no, it wasn't your face. It was, that was my party, but it wasn't my face. It was your cake <laughs> and then someone else's. Yeah, I didn't get to eat it. But yeah, I'm go. starting to think to myself that... Oh, my work is done here and I need to move on to a, a newer environment. A newer environment? Well, well as long as you're not just going back to boring old Sydney again, that's fine. Well, I, uh, let's just see what the uh, three weeks at um, Joshy and uh, Joshy Esquire in uh, Marina del Rey brings up. I think there's a lot of opportunities going on in the US. Well, I think that's probably a great idea. And. Uh, with a, this uh, Australian TV um, cable network coming online and yep. you know if you start to put Joshy's deal with Billy's Pies in America and uh, connections with Coopers and, and you know and, and Australians and him in with um, um, well, various mean, other Australian people that are over there. If you start looking at that I mean what's more South Australian than a, than a Coopers beer and a Billy's pie. Well, well, that's right, but, and they would go hand in hand together, oh, yeah, but I think you, uh, you need to just think very much Australian, yep. not just South Australian. No, true. Um, can you name any, uh, can you name a product or something that would be iconically Australian from each state? Where'd the Hills Voice come from? South Australia. Hills Industry. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> anyway, that's the rest of the bus. The rest of the <laughs> seriously, what are you down in flames? No, no, there's a shit. What about straight. the lamb? Where did that come from? Well, I don't uh, know. Or the scone? Does it? What about uh, Flo? Flo Bielke Peterson? Pumpkin scones. Pumpkin scones, but yeah. Oh, what do they I don't know. know. What is adaptation. iconically Australian? Lamington. Well, where they come from? I reckon they're a Victorian thing. Mooney Pops. I'm not sure where they come from, but they does are anyone know where Lamingtons came from? Like, well, last of no, viewers, the silence of the audience, and um, see, there's not really that much other thing. I mean, we got you know the landmarks and the Opera House and all that sort of stuff, but you know, and the Sydney Harbour Bridge, and but I don't know what else, what other icons you you name. Well, anyway, uh, anyway, uh, we'll let you know when new South Australian TV turns up <laughs> in America. <laughs> <laughs> with the rest of the other states and territories. And all of you oh, people in the answer. other states, email us and tell us what you think is iconically Australian that relates to your state. Look, don't even bother with what the subject is, just email us. That's right. Yeah, you can go to RadioHotLap.com, you'll find all the links there. If you will indeed. You'll find us. Sounds like another, um, another coffee's being made over there. Hey, 
I thought uh, that was a pretty good strategy of Townsville to hold the um, sort of an indie promotional festival the weekend before last. Yeah, uh, but they tied it in. See you, Tom. Um, because they uh, end up getting the uh, indie cars up there. Or, no, yes. not the indie cars, the cart cars. It was Alex Tagliani and Will Power up there Will doing doughies. And, yep. and, um, uh, and there was V8 Clark Quinn was running around in the Carrera Cup car and there were a few supercars running around there. And hey, well, they're getting a bit of enthusiastic crowd up there and of course yeah. that's uh, definitely going to be helping their bid to get Townsville put on the map as a V8 supercar round. Yep, well, uh, I believe that Premier Beatty was up there as well. Um, Fancy uh, that. Is well, he I uniquely, oh, he's uniquely Queensland. Well, he is uniquely Queensland, you're quite correct. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, they're, they're going absolutely all out to try and get around up there, and, and I think that um, it, it, it'd be great. It's, it's a great place to go, um, and it's, it's very Queensland, and it's very north. So, yeah, good on them. How north is Townsville? For the viewers that don't know, the out of out of Australian viewers, can you uh, you, you you go to Queensland more times than I care to remember, and occasionally <laughs> end up coming back in Gage? Yeah, I've never actually been up that far. I have to be honest, Johnny, but it's uh, it's a fair way up the coast. I'm not. I couldn't tell you to be honest whether it's past Port Douglas. I'm pretty certain it is. Well. We'll have to ask uh, those that went. Uh, maybe uh, Max Wilson, who was uh, spinning the WPS race car around, and now yeah. Lugar in um, Paul Morris's uh, spec car. I believe from Paul Morris. I heard Paul Morris now lives in Darwin. Is that right? Oh, sort of. I heard. Mm. Okay. Anyway. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, I think that's just about it for us this week. Yeah, I can't really think of anything else I wanted to talk about. We want to average it out to a um, average it out to a one. Um, a one-hour one show, hour. and we, yep. think we went a bit over last week, so on yeah, that note, we, we might cut it a little bit short. There'll be something um, like Yeah, sure. that'll do. Um. Rusty Sausage says hello, but uh, wouldn't get out of her curled-up little uh, uh, pillow area. Uh, but uh, she'll be back uh, next week. No, she won't be back next week. And in fact, viewers, uh, JP, it'll be a while before we uh, we see you again. It will. Well, it'll be a while before we see you again too, because you're off to the US. Well, I'll give the viewers a bit of a rundown on about where you'll be catching up, and I'll figure who will be next week. Next week's Wednesday night show, if or not Thursday night, will be uh, held uh, up, in, be up in Sydney. Sydney. Yep. And uh, Jack Hill's going to be on the show. Trans- and, fantastic. Um, probably Linda. Ah, oh, well, that makes sense. So that'll be a good show. And then what about the week after? Week after, will you we'll do a show be, from the US? Yes, do in in, uh, in uh, the US. Uh, don't know if we'll get Paris on the show, so uh, whether she can be bothered to, to speak to us. Or I hear she's a bit high maintenance, but anyway. Well, um, with Josh Carney yep. and uh, Marina Del Rey. Well, that'll be, Santa Monica. That'll that be, good. be good. Thing. Yep. I'm sure we're going to find and some You're not going to come to us live from uh, International Paulie's Wedding, are you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, that's funny. Is it? <laughs> yeah. But it would be cool. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, the second week after that uh, we'll be back in Santa Monica after um, and not managing to do uh, do it at Paulie's wedding. Although we probably will do a little podcast for you from, from International Paulie's. Yeah, I think you just need to do a little interview with him after the marriage. Yeah. Just a little bit after the marriage. Out yeah. And go, well Paulie, it's all over mate. 
how do you feel? But we've got a couple of interesting uh, producers coming. We've got Mark Hollister, the number one Nabesco photographer, yep. and uh, and uh, Brett Murray, uh, head of band media, who's uh, yep. looking after Marcus Ambrose. And he is actually going up to Indianapolis to the, the truck race up there. It's not actually at the Indianapolis Speedway as such as, as everyone involved. knows. It's a little bit out in the, the burbs. Right. So, um, but he's got to go down the Friday night, and we've got the bus on the Thursday night. I'm flying into Atlanta on the, on the Thursday. And uh, it should be all good from there. So, viewers, if you want to join us, go to have a look. If you want to know what's going on at the wedding, it's all on his website at Jen and Paul Ryan.com. That's J E N A N D P A U L. Jen and P A U L R I Y A N dot com. Jen and Paul Ryan. And you can book in and you can Google Earth us and find us what's going on. Blah blah blah. <laughs> then we'll be back again for yet another week, three weeks in LA, messing around. There's going to be some very interesting people. I'm actually going to be trying to get uh, the guys from Dignation on the show. Yes, that'd be fantastic. That, that would be very interesting. And also, the other thing would be uh, trying to get uh, uh, Layla from uh, Ticket TV. Yes. Because we've been uh, definitely trying to have a hook up with her if you've been yeah, playing a hook her up if you'll pardon the expression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, so I think uh, there'll be a little bit. Um, uh, have a uh, nice little uh, soiree going on there. Going to uh, see uh, Jack's mate Shano up in Sydney uh, before I go because he's got a tanning clinic in Manly, so I'm going to get him <laughs> oh, a, get get a bit of a spray job so I feel a bit more natural for the environment over there. Well, it is uh, the middle of summer. Uh, uh, not here. <laughs> no, over there, I mean. Not here. No, definitely not here. I don't know, someone said that, but I don't know. Oh, well. Anyway, you have a great trip, Johnny, and cheers. And then we'll be back to Phillip Island. Oh, of course. Straight to Phillip yeah. Island. Right. For the next round of the VAU Championship. That'll be and round five. Yes, it will. That will. Before we then go further north, two weeks later to Queensland. Dilemma, viewers. Dilemma. Well, what do I do? Got to look after the V8 Utes and Coopers in Queensland. Got to look after Alan Simonson with Triple Eight in Sandown. Same day. Dilemma. Mm, Send us an email if you think you can cover the job in Queensland for us. Would you like to be part Stand of the Cooper's Polar Racing Team? Oh, I'm going to have to go down there, I think. If you'd like to be part of the Cooper's Polar Racing Team, send him an email to you know at where the bloody blah. Get on radiohotlap.com. And uh, we'll send you on a mission if you're up for it. Absolutely. And if you're good looking, you've definitely got the gig. <laughs> and on that note, see you later. Good night, viewers. Good night, viewers. Thanks for listening in.